on the move. Little dance step was good. Couple of bounces. Can take it himself. And launch long. Inspirational. Time ticking away. Stop it. Silvani! What about that? Mackay, Mackay! Two in a minute. And they are dancing now, the Blues. Almost Mackay. Walsh, here he is. Straightens up and has delivered. Is there nothing this young man can't do? Hello and welcome to the Navy Blue Corner. I'm Ian and Finally, for the first time this season, we are both together and I can finally say that I'm joined by my good mate, Lockie. And look, I'll be honest, I was very nervous going to this game thinking it'd be so just the universe that we've missed out on chatting about two beautiful wins this season and Carlton will stuff it up and then we'll have to come in for the first time this year, chat about a loss, but thank God the bag is held on at the death there. Lockie... How are you feeling after that one-point win against the Hawks? Onto the world, mate. How can you not? All the doubters every single week. It's like, <laughs> oh, if we may not win round one. Oh, okay, we've got a good win. Now we've got the Doggies, a grand final team. I'll oh, get the win. And it just felt like going into this week, it's like mm. it's too good to be true. How can we start the season off 3-0? And uh, so it feels great. How about you? Yeah, oh, just... To be 3-0 and is massive. I did not imagine that. I was worried we'd be 0-2 and going into that game because that's a real possibility. Yep. To, to be three wins, zero losses. And I think we'll, we'll touch on this in, in very much a lot of depth, but just to yep. not perform the best for the whole four quarters, have so many areas of improvement, particularly from this game. To bank wins is insane. Like I've got some stats I'll show up later about how many um, teams that have started this make finals and different things like that. It is just so valuable to get that confidence started and to still know that we can improve and play better and we're still winning. This is nothing that Carlton's done in 10 years. It's insane. And how often have we seen this exact thing reversed where teams get a massive jump on us and then we're yeah. fighting our way back and then we maybe hit the lead and then get run over the top. It's so nice to have the tables turned and it just continues to show that we're a different team this year. You cannot say otherwise. Yeah, there is something completely different just about the way we go about our footy. So, I mean, let's let's start with the positive. That first quarter was some of the most electric footy I've ever seen. What, we kicked seven goals, one in that first quarter. Everything we were doing, every single time we'd kick it long, someone was clunking it. Harry was unbelievable. Charlie was looking like the best I've seen Charlie since maybe last week when he kicked five. But to, to have us playing as good a footy as that, winning those center clearances, not giving Hawthorne anything, well, what did you make of that first quarter? Yeah, I mean, in, in every facet, it just seemed like what we hoped that this team would be coming into this season, like dominating the center clearances, the, the handball mm. connection through the midfield, kicking it long into the forward line, moving the ball quickly. And, yeah, you're right. Everyone everyone was clunking it. Jack's kicking goals. That, that's oh. one of the things for us with him. We're like, we absolutely love the man, but would love to just see him put some more on the scoreboard. He's yeah. doing that this year. He's gone to another level. Yeah. Charlie, I mean, it's crazy that you and I haven't spoken about any of these games on, on the podcast this season because reflecting on how Charlie looked in the preseason, you and I spoke a lot about him. It's like, oh, you know, we've got to give him some time. He'll work his way into it. Still near to do it round one. Who was this man? Even in the Bulldogs game and then into the first quarter of this game. 
like mm. clunking it. it. It looks like one of the best forwards in the league, and it's not even, uh, you know, an overstatement to say that. Mm. Yeah, and who knows? Like, I just love how much he's bringing to the team for a guy that after round one, I think both of us probably thinking, oh, like, is he going to get back to his best? Like, how long is this going to take? Is there any possibility yeah. of him in the next couple of weeks if he doesn't perform? Does he have to go back to the twos to get a bit of form and confidence? And he's clunking it like he did. He's clearly got that confidence back in his body. And it's just about that getting match fit. But him being mm. able to go back and kick those goals is so important. I was very worried in preseason where it seemed like every time he was getting those opportunities, he wasn't taking them. And that's got to hurt for that confidence and not yeah. trusting in yourself. But looking at how we played in that first quarter, one of the big things that all the good teams have always done against us for the last 10 years, and it's as soon as they're dominating, it's like they can't miss. And it's so hard being on the opposition of that where you're trying, you're not winning the ball, you're you're just not clicking. They're getting opportunities and every single one of them are going in. It doesn't matter where they're kicking them from. It hurts. But so it's so good to see us finally, when we're dominating, we're putting it on the scoreboard. It's 7-1. That is beautiful. And the opportunities that we're creating, they're kickable. It's not as if they're all 70 meters Mm -hmm. out, good luck. Most of those were deep forward entries, 20, 30 out, set shots. You've got the time. The crowd's up and about. Oh, that was beautiful. So what else? Was there anything else that you were really liking from that first quarter? Yeah, I'll I'll touch on that because... uh... I feel like it, it wasn't a theme for the entire game, but I have felt it throughout this season where like in, in seasons gone by, we, we come, we come on the podcast. We talk about the game. We go, gee, how many opportunities did we miss where we yeah. had, we had the the flow of the game going our way. We were being dominant and we weren't converting on the scoreboard. And so, yeah. you know, yeah, the negative angle that people take, obviously Hawthorne managed to, you know, claw their way back into the game and hit the lead. But the, the reason that we won was because we were able to make the most of that dominance early. Yeah. So that's really pleasing. And and like you said, not something that we've been able to do previously. Um, yeah, so many things. I think that the midfield just continues to be so, yeah. so pleasing for us. You and I, we haven't been able to talk about it enough. And this was <laughs> the first amazing. time, the first time we've got to see them all together. And it's just mm. so crazy that while she was not at his peak power, I didn't feel like Chaz was at his peak power. Mm. Like, there's still so much improvement to come from this midfield group and it's still phenomenal. Yeah. And what is that two weeks in a row that I don't think while she's played that well, gets 30 plus gets 32 in this game. Like it's <laughs> insane. And we're all going, gee, wasn't that good a Sam Walsh performance for him to his bad level. He still racks up 30 is just shows you how good of a footballer he is. And once he gets a bit more, like he's spoken about it as well. There's been a few quotes just getting back to that intensity level that you need to be playing at. Was he going to get 40 every week? This is just unbelievable. And, and Chera himself coming back from COVID and, and that week off, he didn't look 100% up to it. Just things weren't clicking for him. But to have, okay, Chera's maybe not at his best. Sam Walsh, he's still getting the ball, but maybe not at his best. But it doesn't matter because Cripper, Hewitt, Kennedy, yeah. Anyone else that goes through there, they're all playing at the top of their game. It just helps so much now that we've got so many guys that can go through there where we're thinking, gee, does one of these have to miss out? And then you've still got Paddy Dow getting 30-plus in the twos. 
we have never had this problem and it's so amazing to see. And one of my favorite things I loved watching from that first quarter was just the pressure and the positioning that we were taking along that ground to just stop Mm. anything from Hawthorne. Every time they got the ball, they were turning it over. They were fumbling, making mistakes because they had no one to kick to. We were clogging up the space, being in those dangerous areas, bringing that tackle pressure, that heat, putting it on the scoreboard. Hawthorne was shitting themselves and it was so good to see. And I remember thinking at quarter time, gee, if we can just do like half of what we did there, we'll win this by 20 goals. And then unfortunately it all just turned to shit, to be honest. (laughs) We've got to talk about, I suppose, the negatives of that, which one of them is just the fact that we kicked four goals after quarter time, after Mm. kicking seven in that first. What do you think went wrong from being a, a, basically looking at it going game's done at quarter time to being behind with like five minutes to go. Like what, what do you think went wrong there? <laughs> well, full disclosure, I spent a fair bit of the second half with my head in my hands, not wanting to watch <laughs> what was going on. And that's a true story, especially as it got late. I was struggling to deal with that pressure myself, but good on the boys for being able to take the pressure mm. themselves. Yeah. I don't know. It felt like maybe a, one kind of simplistic avenue towards it, towards addressing that is it felt like everything went right in that first quarter. Almost yeah. every one-on-one contest, every contested mark opportunity, we were taking that. And as I as I watched the game back, I just it didn't it wasn't always clicking like that. Hawthorne was yeah. starting to win some one-on-ones, and that's just the normal ebb and flow of football. Mm. And I don't want to look at it too simplistic like that because there's things that we need to address. But how many games this season, even the games that we've been involved in, Pies, Cats is a big mm. example of it on the weekend as well. Like it's just so hard for a team to yeah. put in all four quarters. It's so rare, um, unless you're going to win by a hundred points like Brisbane. So there's mm. definitely things that we didn't do right, but. It would be silly to say that we were going to win all four quarters, you know, just based on that first quarter performance. But yeah, what what were the things that you saw? I suppose. Yeah, look, good good point. Like, I think some of the players have been saying. I think I heard Cripper mention it that like the, the competition is clearly quite even, and that teams are going to come and have their momentum swings at stages. It's just what you do with that. And I think that's what if I'm if I'm looking at a positive, mm. it's that you know. Hawthorne's goal swing, it happened over like three quarters. It wasn't as if in one quarter they just kicked five and all of a sudden game on. It was a slow process and a lot of things we weren't doing right. Um, Quite a lot that I thought on the night, on the afternoon, and then watching the game back again, it seemed to be pretty much what I thought at the time. Firstly, just the forward entries seemed to just completely shift. And it, it was even before Hawthorne were really pressing us, which they just were so shallow. And I noticed particularly being at the game, a lot of the, and particularly late, all the forwards, instead of creating these leads and pushing up the ground and really creating space, it was just just kick it long, yeah. just on the head. Like that shit we were doing last year under Teague that Precisely. wasn't working. And every, as you mentioned, things we were doing in that first quarter, the way we were creating space, creating an option. Yeah, we were clunking a lot of contested marks, which isn't going to happen for the whole game, but we were creating the options. And instead, it's just standing there. And when, you know, Hawthorne obviously set up and did things a little bit differently, when we're not able to get those extra 10, 20 meters to kick the ball longer and the mm-hmm. forwards aren't presenting, 
it just it was just awful to watch. And when you turn the ball over higher up the ground, they can just run straight through you. And I think that that's what they did throughout that game. Like another one was that kind of goes on to that is just how they ended up using the corridor. I felt like in the first mm-hmm. quarter, we were just running through there. I don't know what they did to clog that up. And even when they won it, they were spreading quite wide. And in the first quarter, mm. they couldn't string two passes together because we were just every single where that they wanted to be. Whereas for pretty much the rest of the game, I found that they were able to slow things down, spread the ball wide, and then that just carved us open somehow when they were running through us quite easy. Which Do you think that those little things are issues or do you think they're easily fixable going forward? Huh, good question. It's definitely validating when I hear you seeing the game the exact same way as I did. So I appreciate that. Because, yeah, it was it was pretty clear that it, in that first portion of the game, we were either like biting off the 45, like taking a little bit of a risk mm. to open up the ground, or we were being patient and getting like, you know, we'd have the ball on the wing and we'd be patient and take that extra 20 metres, like you said, mm. so that it was a really deep entry. Is like the things that come to mind are like, were the boys tired? Because yeah. it's like... If, if, if they're not tired, how is there no movement? And when we say mm. no movement, like being there, I was, I was about five rows from the boundary, zero yeah. movement. When we would have the ball on centre wing, not one player, just jet, like you said, seven blokes with their hand up. Like there's a, there's a small chance that there's the instruction, like when it gets to the, the late game stages, you know, not that it was that late. It was really the whole mm. second half that, that was kind of happening. But I guess it is... Uh, it, you have to say it's a concern because yeah. it's something that we would need to address to be able to beat better sides as we move forward. But putting my finger on the reason for that is crazy because it was such a vast contrast between the first quarter and the rest. Mm. Yeah. And seeing as that's kind of what we did last year, I wonder if there's that part of they started reverting back to what they knew when there was that bit of pressure coming yeah. into it. And maybe that's something that's just going to take a while of, man, when we trust the system and play to our strengths, we're unbelievable. But when we start to go away with that, because like you're playing on, like when you, when there's that much pressure and you're playing on that, like that adrenaline, it's very hard to just think clearly and go, okay, this is what we do. This is how we play. You're almost playing mm. on a bit of instinct now and then. And so I wonder if sometimes like you saw late Cripper, like instead of him doing everything that he had done well this season, kicking that ball long, going that first option, yeah. he's trying to take on that man, get that extra handball, turning things over. And we just went back and reverted to type of last season. And I think to some degree, like it is a concern, but it's that positive of we did all these bad things that aren't working. But the system itself, when it when we're sticking to those structures, is working, but we're still getting the win. So it's like the best way to learn of, okay, well, we're still getting the four points. We've got the win. The confidence is still there. Mm. And we can still go to another level. Like even the other games that unfortunately we haven't had much time to chat about because both of us have just been in all sorts <laughs> and never attending the podcast. We weren't perfect for four quarters, but to still get the win and know, man, we're like miles away being the best football that we can possibly be. Mm-hmm. still winning games and beating some decent opposition. So I think for yeah. as bad as things are, there's still positives. Uh, I guess, was there anything else that you think wasn't working in that, I guess, rest of the game after the first quarter? <sighs> yeah, it's a hard one. I mean, 
uh, an obvious thing to call out kind of pre-game that was a bit of a worry was the, the changes that we made to the defence. Mm. Um, yep. Obviously, with, with McDonald and McGovern and Saad going out, that's that's three guys that were kind of integral to the first couple of wins. Um, yeah. So it was a bit of a worry, especially um, Saad was a worry for me when that happened late and obviously Boyd coming in for his first game. Um, so I, w- I wouldn't say that as a negative, but I guess just an opportunity that I felt like the defense wasn't the part that let us down you yeah. know, the most in this game, but it's another area for improvement because just just with the personnel, you bring we bring Saad back in hopefully this week as long as he's feeling good and healthy. Um, and just the more reps that these guys get together mm. to work on the systems and, you know, be able to shut those things down, I think is a positive um, that, you know, it may not have been a one-point game if we had our, our regular defense in there. Yeah. And not taking anything away from um, guys like Young either because I thought that he was great mm. for his first game. But it's just mm. that continuity. Like if we're changing up the back line each week, um, it's a bit hard to be able to, you know, mm. defend to our highest potential. Yeah, I, I think it, it's a good point. Like, you change that much of your back line, it's going to be issues. Like, you take away your second yeah. and third best tools, only really bring in one. Like, we didn't really play that yeah. third interceptor. We didn't bring anyone into play it. We didn't try to change Plowman's role and make him do that. And, like, to some degree, yeah. like, I, I agree with you again. I don't think the defense was the issue. I thought at times the, the way the midfield maybe weren't covering the ground. And I don't know if that was laziness. I don't know if they were just completely stuffed. And maybe we're burning ourselves out by these big quarters where we're kicking, you know, six, seven goals because it seems to happen a little bit. Mm. I wonder if that's an issue. But the defense itself, I think we did miss Gov to a degree. Like you have someone that can take those intercepts. And then what, even if you play anyone else in that role, like say you have McDonald in that team and you play Lewis Young there, you don't have Gov's ability to really drive forward by foot where he's one of the best mm-hmm. kicks in our team and he can set things up after taking those big intercepts and stopping the play. We have no one else that can really do that. And I wonder if that's going to be an issue on the list. Like I think a March bank can also do that, but we don't know what he's going to be once he's fit. I think tall wise, it's a bit of an issue. And then, yeah, losing Saad as well. Like that run and carry that he brings to the team just to to drive that team out, the, the run and carry when it's, oh, we just need to get the ball forward. He just sprints past players. And to not have really, again, anyone else in the team that can maybe do that, I thought, honestly, Zach Williams had a decent game trying to give some Me of that. And, Bo- and Boyd was fine. But Saad's just that other level. And when the, the pressure comes in, Hawthorne pressed the ground well and you can't go forward just to get that extra 10, 20 meters from his dash. That's a better forward entry. And I think that those do play a part. And obviously everyone's going to get their injuries. Everyone's going to have to deal with this at some stage with the COVID protocols, but it obviously wasn't ideal. And yeah, I agree. It's another way that we can really step up and and do things differently. Um, And even to another degree, choosing to go an extra midfielder and no Jack Martin I wonder mm. what that did to our like transitions because you have an, an extra guy that can push up to a contest that has that flair, can kick a couple of goals, and you lose that half forward, don't really replace him. I do wonder yep. if that changed the way we did transition the ball forward of center at all. I don't know if you have much thoughts mm. on, on that at all. 
Yeah, well, one of the things that I want to get your thoughts on, I'm not sure if now's the best time, but is the wing yeah, inflation, which is yeah. always something that we talk about because it's, it's shocked me to see Walshy line up in the forward line from the, mm. in the, from the first bounce. Um, I definitely didn't expect that. I thought that maybe it was going to be one of the wings that kind of got pushed out of there. Mm. Um, yeah, so it, it was O'Brien and, and Setterfield really holding it down um, as they have the, the season. And I've felt that they've both had really positive start to the season, probably mm. exceeding what I expected from them. How did you make, make um, you know, that situation in this game and for the season so far? I think the season has been pretty good. Um, I honestly, Setterfield was not far from my votes this game. I thought yeah. he was great, which some people might hey, laugh at, but... He's, he's just doing all these little things that it's like, oh, he just puts on a bump. He just gets a paddle out to someone else. He's just those second and third efforts. He's just doing enough. And the big issue I was having of him from probably the first couple of games was I was finding whenever he was winning the ball, I don't think he was composed. It was very, okay, panic kick forward. Just, just yeah. kick it forward in the air. And he still has a bit of that, which... I think if we're going to be, you know, grand finalist team in the next, you know, few years, that's what we're building towards. I'm not sold on that just yet, mm. but I think it's those little things that he was doing to to get the handball out, to create space for the guys around him. I have been really liking from Setterfield, and maybe this game, I thought he was really good, and I didn't love O'Brien's game. He's been doing fine. It's that issue with Lockie that I'm finding where he's for everything he does good. He's doing mm. something bad, and it's a bad turnover. It's maybe not just getting that tackle. He, he's still doing those little things, mm-hmm. but I'm still I'm still pretty positive on it. But I think yeah, the wings are still for me the biggest area of improvement. I, I'm holding out as well for a sneaky Cunningham at some some stage. I still think he could play a really yeah. good role there once he's fit. But yeah. it's very interesting that we we haven't really deployed a Walsh or a Cherry there for large stretches what have you made from the wings have you loved anyone's performance do you think we need to change anything up like where are you sitting with it i'm definitely with you on center field um i when reflecting on the game uh, we realized that dad and i said to each other about six or seven times like gee that was that was good mm. by center field that was good what he did there mm. like you said it was it wasn't the big flashy things but just the solid things that you need and uh, as we we often talk about we don't need everybody to be having 30 touches and the fact that for me, Setterfield and O'Brien are like they're two of the guys that just used to go missing, and yeah. they have a tender a ten disposal game, and we go, why are they in the side? And I would guess that they're probably averaging twenty over these three games, which is just, yeah, just about a lot better than I expected. Um, but I'm with you, not sold on it. Um, you know, for that that premiership team that we're talking about, yeah. As I said, Walsh kind of was thrown around some different places. Something that's really peculiar to me. Um, I'm not sure if you've noticed this looking at the stats, but Kennedy's time on ground, um, I'm pretty sure it's been the lowest of any player in the three Interesting. games. 66% time on ground in this one. Um, I, I wonder if there's something there um, and if it's just kind of working, like, you know, if it's working well, mm. don't fix it. Um, but, yeah, I just wonder if there's opportunity for us to be, you know, if he's having more midfield time, and then if it's, you know, one of the other guys pushed to a wing, then that maybe takes some time away mm. from O'Brien Setterfield. I don't know. It's good that we have options there, but, yeah, I don't know. I'm just not convinced that maybe Chera or Walsh with some more time on the midfield, uh, on the wing, sorry, would be would be better. But 
Yeah. Mm. It's an interesting one. And yeah, I just had a look while you were chatting. And yeah, both O'Brien and Setterfield are averaging 19 disposals for the year, which yeah. is probably way more than both of us were expecting from those guys. Yeah. Just and the, the, to speak back to a point where you were talking about like Setterfield doing little things, it, it was just things that you maybe didn't expect from him. And maybe that's why I'm higher on him than O'Brien because I maybe have a mm. higher ceiling than I'm expecting of O'Brien and he hasn't hit that level. Yes. Whereas I was almost thinking Setterfield's the first one out once, you know, while she comes in. And so I just mm-hmm. haven't expected a lot. But there was one moment, you might remember it, I'm not sure. It was like on the half back line, I think. Ball's there to be won. Setterfield goes in hard. Not only does he win the footy, but he absolutely just bumps the Hawthorne player off, bumps yeah. off him, rides it, and then just wear on to the attack. And it was, I remember just like turning to everyone I was like watching the footy with and just going, was that Setterfield that just did that? I did, And yeah. I was going, Jesus, I didn't think he was like hard enough to go in there. And that's clearly a mentality change from him, which is exciting. And there's still so much room to grow, which again are positives when you take from these games. But I, maybe I'm starting to look at it a bit more negatively now, removed from the emotion of just getting that win, where mm. I, a one-point win probably is not going to be good enough against a team like Hawthorne, particularly after that first quarter. And so yeah. I'm kind of wanting this improvement to happen quickly. And, you know, if there's someone else that can you know add to the rotations, whether, you know, as you mentioned, I didn't know Kennedy had not had that much time on ground. He's been so good. He's so clean with his marking. Do you find a spot for him on that yeah. half forward if you don't have a Jack Martin in there? Does he need more of those impactful midfield minutes and you can move someone else? I mean, there's options, but yeah, I think wing roll, it's a lot better than I've been expecting going into yeah. the season. Um, yeah, I think Setterfield's the one that has impressed me a lot. And I, I understand why it was maybe so hard for them to drop a Setterfield and O'Brien over a, a, maybe a Jack Martin over the last couple yeah. of years. Yeah, for sure. And, and that's it. it. It's also hard to be critical that we're 3-0, like things are working. We, you know, we can we can start tinkering with, like tinkering yeah. at the edges, I suppose, when things maybe aren't going so well. Um, so, mm-hmm. yeah. I guess, do you have any, I guess, sort of like other little positive negatives from those three quarters? Oh, oh, positives? Gosh, where do I start? So many, so many. I mean, we could talk about sauce again. It's like... I'm happy to. It's just, yeah. He's always that guy that every week we're like, gee, we love his effort. We love, you know, he normally takes a couple of good marks. He's that nice connector. Maybe he takes some Bruck contests Mm. and we love his spirit. But just the way that he has been playing this year is just unbelievable. I think it's a, a big reason why we're doing so well. And as I said before, the fact is getting onto the scoreboard, taking the strong marks, mm. obviously the clutch goal at the end was amazing. Um, yeah, it's just so pleasing that he's kind of that extra piece that makes that forward line so good, in my opinion. Mm. Yeah, the, his ability to finally hit the scoreboard is is massive. As you said, like how many times have we gone like, oh, he's – his 10 disposals feels like 30 with the impact that every single one of those have. And I have to give him massive, massive credit for that game. We were talking about the, the forwards not leading and the forwards just standing there with their hands up and maybe not creating things. Man, Sauce was the only one working out there. He's pushing yeah. up the wing, trying to create a contest to do anything. And yeah, his ability now to kick well from set shots, influence the scoreboard, which is something he hasn't done previously. And, I think that was probably the biggest criticism of him. It's 
yeah, we think his disposals and his effort and everything are worth more than just looking at the basic stats. But how long can you just be doing that if you're not kicking the goals? So to see him finally do that and like he only had 14 disposals, but kicks 3-1 and that's what you need. You need him to start influencing in different ways because no one's expecting him to go out there and get 20, get 30 disposals. They can do that every week. We've got a, a ridiculous player, and for what a pick fifty-four or whatever he is, I know absolute bargain. It's looking like at the moment. And it's games like this where I I wonder whether that second ruck, like you know him being that second ruck, is kind of off the table even more. Mm. Where it's like, damn, like we he is being so important in this role now, even more than we thought previously. That yeah, yeah. The rucks are, are like the wings to me. I, I every after every week, I'm I'm thinking about it. I'm like, what is our ideal ruck yeah. setup? And I've often thought that it was one big guy with sauce around the edges, and yeah, uh, him playing so well as that forward for the entirety of the mm. game is kind of making that even even tougher for me. Yeah, let's go into the uh, the ruck discussion because I think it's a, a perfect segue. How are you feeling about it? Because I think Pitt's been playing pretty well. I think I noticed early on in that game, TDK was taking a lot more of the rucks early on, and I was immediately going to the people around me. I wonder if Pitt's not 100% right, because normally it's mm. very much just like Pitto's world and then TDK sort of pinch hits. But I noticed him in there a fair bit more, and it made sense when maybe late has that yeah. back and goes off. I think that might have been something that was there all game. But then TDK's going forward and... I don't know if this is a positive or negative. You can easily look at it and have the argument of the King being down there allows an extra target that gives Harry and Charlie the opportunity to take the grabs. But I'm worried that he's just not doing enough himself. Like he's not really winning the ball. He's not really kicking goals. I haven't sat there and gone, man, his rock like work is unbelievable. And he's adding so much to this team. Like where are you is that is that how you're seeing things? Like are you almost get rid of one of the rucks? Do we keep going with the two? Because with JSOS doing so well in that forward line, are we getting too many tools down there? I'd love to get your thoughts on on the whole ruck extra forward um chatter. It's a shame for our listeners because I feel like the the, the standard shtick of a podcast or TV show <laughs> is like the hosts always arguing and always having <laughs> contrarian views. Everyone that I've spoken to uh, about the Blues since this game and, and brought up the Rucks have not had that point of view and have been extremely high on the both combinations. Yeah. But I, I agree with you. It's it's the for me it's the biggest area where I think we could experiment mm. in order to in order to improve the entire team. And it's the opportunity cost of having yeah. him there where we could have, you know, not necessarily someone playing his role, but it's like this is keeping Kemp out of the team or maybe it's keeping mm. Martin out of the team or, you know, let's see if Stocker can get in this week. It's it's whatever we're missing because TDK is there. It's not that I don't think he could literally mm. be the best ruckman in the AFL one day, but I'm, I'm with you. You could definitely look at it that having him down there is good for everybody else. And he's like, it's kind of like Kerno in the preseason. He gets to so many marking contests. And just doesn't clunk them. Like he just gets his hands to them. And then he doesn't win at the ground level. It's like, oh, almost, almost. And it'll come. And it will come. Mm. But I'm not convinced that our best chance of, say, winning, yeah, 
if Pitt's healthy next week or whatever, is with both there. Oh, I'm not convinced. It's, I just feel like it's something that we can experiment with, and maybe we mm. will get we will experiment with it if Pitt's not right this week. Yeah, God, first episode back, and I'm already sick of agreeing with you. This is. Can we get J Rob <laughs> back? We need we need to do something. Yeah, I we need some I more dialogue. I agree with that. We're texting today, <laughs> and he definitely disagrees with that. Well, we've got to get him back on. But yeah, it's it's an interesting one because I don't know. It's that it's that opportunity cost that you mentioned. Do you just give the games to TDK because we see him as being the potential superstar Ruckman? He's the one that can go forward. No one is wanting big Brad there in the forward line no. because that just it's not good. And we've seen it. Unfortunately, he's just not super capable of that. But what Pitt is doing at the taps has been amazing so far. I think he's been by far the better Ruckman out of the two. Still lacks a bit around the ground, but I don't think that TDK's efforts so far have really warranted you selecting him over Pitt. I think what Pitt is doing at those center bounces has been so vital as to why our mids are dominating those clearances. And we're scoring so much from clearances. We're the number one side at that so far this year. And so, yeah, I mean, I was looking at trying to do my ins and outs for the, the next week and, like it, it's it. I'm going okay, and this may be a bit spoilers to it, but it's mm. okay. Well, Sard's definitely in. Yeah, you know, if a McDonald's fit, he's probably gonna find his way in there. You know, if a Gov was fit, he's in, and you can take out the players that have sort of just come in for that. And you're looking at like a Jack Martin, who I kind of really want in that team now. Who do you take out? It's either you drop a midfielder, you drop maybe a Zach Fisher, Matty Owies, which I don't love the idea of the first big spot that you look at is the ruck because you've got two of them and it's Mm. for me it's looking a bit more exciting to not have the two and i I would love to know how much how vital that third tall is to our forward structures and and maybe there's a a point that that's why harry and charlie are scoring so many goals i kind of still think they'd be able to do that without it and yeah i'm not too sure exactly how that happens because I think I don't know. Like where does where does TDK get that experience to finally have that breakout game, or is this now? Yeah, our team needs to be the best, and you've got to be the best in the twos to even maybe come in to this team. It's going to be an interesting discussion for I think the rest of the year. Yeah, I agree. That was exactly Jarrell's point last week that if he's, if not getting a game in in the ones, then how can we expect that? But mm. yeah. Look, yeah. Look, I have a, I have a funny feeling that Pitt will miss this week. I think it, mm. you know, it, it, even if he could play, it's kind of like I feel like internally they would be like, let's give the the one ruck a go. Um, mm. You know, get sauces, uh, you know, knee padded up again or shin padded up. We haven't seen that for a bit, so. Um, yeah, I'm looking forward to discussing the ins and outs as well. It'll be interesting. Mm. Anything else from you? Wow, I mean, I, I want to get your thoughts on this. I think I've kind of got your opinion anyway. Yeah. What were, you, what were your feelings when Hawthorne finally hit the front there in that game? How? What? Take me through the mindset. <laughs> and like, did you think that we were any chance of coming back and winning that? Oh, definitely, definitely. Definitely quietly confident still in a weird way, while also, as I said, head in my hands, sitting down in my seat while everyone was standing around me. Um, yeah, I don't know. Uh, this is a, a weird kind of confidence to have in the team this season, I feel, mm. which I haven't had in previous years. Like that confidence is just growing that we can get the job done, I guess. Um, 
Yeah, I love that we're getting all this practice uh, slowing down the game because, gee, I did not think we did that well against the Dogs and I thought we mm. did it a bit better in this game. Uh, I felt a bit more calm than us just bombing it out from the uh, <laughs> the back line each time and getting yeah. intercepted each time. Um, but, yeah, I don't know. Did you? How, what was your confidence level out of 10 when uh, they, they put their goal through to hit the lead? <laughs> It was low, unfortunately. I'm normally the beacon of positivity. I was absolutely just shitting myself. Yeah. I was thinking in that last quarter, just, just, just keep keep some sort of lead, and we'll hold on, keep the lead. And then, like, I want to touch on this point as well because I don't think, like, the Tom Mitchell goal, he picks it up and throws it on his foot, and it goes through. Yeah. Like that is pure bullshit. Like it's it's complete fluke, to be honest. <laughs> Like there's no systematic. They've you know worked it hard through through the midfield and got a beautiful set shot on goal. It was just luck for me. And even the other one from Morrison, it's kind of same. Gets it, throws it, it bends back and like. Yep. Look, hated it. It happens, and they got the chance, and they took it. Kind of maybe in a way of what we were doing in the first quarter. So you know you earn the goals because you get them, and there's ifs and buts or whatever. Don't care. Yep. But if you're looking at it from maybe a positive point, it's that. It was a bit of luck going Hawthorne's way at that stage that, for me, got them those goals. I don't think they were doing necessarily anything amazing to earn them in the first point. But as soon as they got that lead, considering I was just sitting there going, we have to keep it, we have to stay in front, mm. I just I was so worried because everything we were doing was nothing that we were doing in that first quarter. And I then watched like, two and a half quarters of us doing everything that just wasn't working for us and... Like I even jotted it down. It was about two minutes into the third quarter. We're up by 37. Charlie kicks the first goal that quarter. We only kicked one more for the game after that. We almost went pretty much two quarters without kicking a goal, which is disgraceful. So I just didn't have that super confidence because I wasn't seeing any signs of us playing good footy. Like it, It's always mm. in us because I think we believe that we are better than Hawthorne. But yeah, I was not confident and... We just were doing those little silly things that just weren't working for us. And we were allowing a guy like CJ just dominate. We were letting him do whatever he wanted. How no one at any stage lined up on him and went, okay, defensive role, just man up on him, stop him from getting those intercepts, or at least, okay, you've got the intercept. I'm not going to let you just run through the middle of the ground. It seemed like he was doing that with ease. So that was quite frustrating to watch and see – us not adjust or, or seem like we were adjusting to fix that. That yeah. was a very disappointing thing from my end. And I was lucky I was with a couple of very positive people that as soon as we went down, <laughs> we're just getting so up and about and just going, come on, we've got it. We've got the next one sorted out. And that was lifting my spirits a bit because I was about to just head back to the bar because there was no way I could watch those last few minutes. Um, yeah. But how good was that handball from Zach Fisher? Over the top to JSOS. It was something that I, I didn't love Zach Fisher's game. I thought he was very fumbly. He was getting mm. a lot near it and his endeavor was good, but he just, he, whatever was happening, he, he couldn't get it clean for the whole yeah. game. But to do that in the dying stages of a game, beautiful handball over. I had the perfect view. I was like directly behind JSOS on level two when he had mm. that. When he fumbled, I was like, oh no, he's going to like fumble it out of bounds, picks it up, kicks the goal. When he kicked that, 
we've won the game. There is no chance yeah. now. That was the one. <laughs> we just needed the one goal. Um, how did you, uh, uh, yeah. I guess, adding on to that point, how did you see those last like a few minutes after we did finally get that lead back? <sighs> yeah, well, as I said, I, I thought I, I felt confident in when we had the ball in our hands that we were mm. going to look after it. And I don't know why I necessarily had that confidence. As I said, I didn't feel like we did a good job of that in the Bulldogs game. But yeah, yeah, I guess you can say that that's some growth. We were mm. players were starting to lead and move around in that last minute. And I was like, oh, thank God. And we're looking at the AFL app and it's saying 25 seconds to go. It's like, oh, God, don't stuff it up. And then the siren goes. Yeah. Like, All right. Thank God. But I, actually, CJ was one, the other negative thing that I was going to mention mm. to you earlier but I wasn't sure whether you'd want to get into it. And I'm going to put you on the spot here. Okay. Because you've, you said, you, you've said that you would have liked to see us try something or put someone to him. Who who do you think that would have been? Because I was thinking about that during yeah. the game and it was like, all right, so he, he's kind of taking Owies or Durden um, at times and then peeling off them to be able to take those intercepts and, and rebound. And I was like, what can we do here? Answer it for me. You've thrown me on the spot, and I think I've thought of two okay things. One of them, and it's hard because it, it sort of stuffs up how well we were playing, but I think JSOS could work quite well. He's got the height. We've seen him do a job, as everyone will always bring up when you talk about JSOS <laughs> on, on you know, Nat Fife stopping him Fife. as a tagging role. Can run. He's not obviously as fast, but I think he can use his body. I, I wouldn't have minded him doing something and – Obviously, it changes up things in defense. But because we have so many of those halfbacks, you know, could you have floated a, a dock down there at stages to just, okay, when they win, like when, when the ball's getting deep, you push up mm. and, you know, man that space in the middle to stop that run. I don't know. I just feel like there was a couple of different things you could do that I maybe thought of on the spot. So, you know, get me yeah. in the coaching box. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I like it. But I, I, there just had to be something yeah. better than what we were doing because it didn't seem like Agreed. we were doing anything, and that's maybe what annoyed me the most out of it all. No, I agree. I, I, I was the same. I was like, we have to do something, but it just wasn't kind of coming to me, I suppose, that kind mm. of like obvious shutdown role on him because yeah. uh, it's something that's going to be in my mind for future games where there are similar players to him who are such strong like mm. athletic rebounds of the ball like that because it really did tear us apart yeah. and made it really difficult for us to keep the ball in. Um, so, mm. yeah, something to keep in mind, I guess, as we go through the season. Mm. Yeah, I think it adds to it where if we get those entries into that forward line, an extra 10, 20 metres, we don't have sure. to worry about that rebound anyway. And maybe that yeah. was just the biggest issue was we didn't we weren't looking to line him up and, and play that defensive role because if we kick the ball that little bit further – we don't have to worry about it. And maybe that's yeah. another point. I think something I wanted to touch on is, and this is probably the big thing that is good about our team at the moment. Yes, we want this structure. Yes, we want system to be the way we're winning games. But when it comes down to crunch time, you need your best players to stand up. And I just thought the individual talent that we have at our top end all at least stood up to some degree. Probably the one that I'd maybe detract a little bit to was like Cripper. thought he made a couple of bad decisions, but he was still getting into every single contest and winning the ball, which were positives. But you have your Doc, you have your Weedering, you have Harry with that mark on the wing when you oh, need a no. contested mark out of nowhere. The fact that we have that switch, we have those players that can do it, and we're 3-0, and 
it's so exciting. Like you can't not be excited about that possibility where you're thinking, you know, get maybe getting ahead of yourself, but thinking, you know, if there's crunch time in those finals, we've got the players that when system disappears and it's a scrap, we mm. believe that our players can be better than the opposition and take that moment. And it just feels really clear to me that those guys, like Cripper stepping up from where he's been, like adding guys mm. like Hewitt and Chera, like the more class, Weeders and Harry, like you say, it, it genuinely feels like that's rubbing off on everyone else. Like it's yeah. giving Setterfield that confidence. It's giving Sauce the confidence to lift. Um, like it just feels like this kind of incremental growth of, mm. amongst the whole list. So, yeah, look, there's been, there's been plenty of negativity about, you know, us letting them back into the game and all that, but just do not let the media and everybody take yeah. everyone listening away from the fact that we are 3-0 and and nobody saw this coming, not even us, the biggest opt- optimists out there. So just, you know, soak mm. it in. Yeah, look, it kind of takes me to a point that I had. So thanks for reminding me because I would have forgotten this. I forgot to put in the run sheet. But mm. I've got some quotes here. I haven't seen them talk about it myself. So big shout out to Up The Baggers on Twitter for getting all the quotes out about Carlton as he always does. Um, or she, we don't know who runs this account. Um, but it was basically, you know, Nick Rewalt and sort of Gary Lyon talking about it a bit. And, you know, I'll just read out the quotes and, and you make of it what you will. Nick Rewalt's going, you know, history says you won't get it done at, at that, you know, at the right time of the year with how we were playing, only winning contested and, and losing from some transition. Um, Gary Lyon goes, you know, which is not a disaster. It's a great problem to have when you're undefeated but you, and you know where the improvement comes from. And then Nick Rewalt goes on to say, you know, exactly. There's a lot of scope for improvement. What's scary is the upside. Like there is a lot of upside in Carlton's game plan, their system, mm. the way they're still playing. Let's not forget it's Michael Voss's third game. And I just think that that is so poignant. Like those, it's exactly what I'm thinking where, you know, these wins that we're holding on to when we're not maybe playing amazing that builds that character, that builds that resilience and confidence. We saw it in that doggies game. We get that win and it's just like, oh, we can do it. We can win these tight contests. Do it again this week and hopefully we're not doing this like ever again. But to see us be able to hold on, to see our best and to know that, yeah, we're only playing, you know, one or two quarters a game and it's those large dominating stretches that are seemingly winning us these games of football to know that we're still winning. And we have that clear scope of, okay, we know the areas that it is. I think that's just so incredibly positive. And the fact, another big, big thing is like, you look at our system and you look at where we're struggling a little bit. What we're not struggling in is the contested footy. And at those heat of the moments, winning the stoppages, winning the contest. Like that's where you build from. That is the Mm. match winning parts. So I I understand that we're maybe not, you know, getting a lot of scores from transition and we're conceding quite a lot of them and we don't have all these little strings to our bow. To know it is the first year of Voss, and I think I called for patience a little bit at the start of the season, to know that the building blocks of this is contested footy, winning it from the center clearance, I just think that's the perfect way to start. And it's clear that we know where we need to improve. And I think we will, but I'm just so excited about that building block that we have, because to be the number one yeah. team in that, and that's our strong suit. You can, you can figure out the rest with continuity. Yeah. We, we sat here three weeks ago and I said, 
12 wins for the season is what I hoped for and, and thought that after five rounds, we'd be two and two and three. And that yeah. was to get to that 12. And it's like, there's a realistic, oh, there's a realistic chance now that we can be five and zero, which is just oh, insane. insane. It like, no one could have seen this coming. It's just so nice. And yeah, I mean, with, with the contested ball, God, I'm just so happy that George mm. Hewitt is in Navy blue. Now, what a great, what a player. great inclusion to the players that were, that, that around him, like he's just such mm. a great connector to make this midfield what it is. I'm just so happy that he's, he's ours. I've never seen him do anything wrong. I don't think I've ever seen him turn I was going to say the over, exact same thing. The tackle. What is... I was never seen each other say... in about three weeks oh and we're, now, we're the same person. It's ridiculous. <laughs> <laughs> but no, it's just to have these little pieces that we've been able to bring in and all the players stepping up. It's, it's, I love it. I, it. You can't not be so positive about this team. And I know everyone's always joked about over the past few weeks, the lid's off, Carlton winning the flag. and Which it is, I, and we are. 100%, lock that in. But I think that, I think this week was maybe that one that we needed to have of, I mean, I, I don't think the players are like this. And you hear from Voss that they're very much like, yeah, let the fans soak it in. They can have yeah. their lids off and have fun, but we're just going to go to work and we know what we're doing. And obviously that's the way it is with, with fan bases and then the guys doing it on the field. But I think maybe this was maybe the little one we needed where the fans go, yeah, okay, yeah, we're, we're excited and we're going to love it. We're three and zip. This is beautiful. We're winning games of footy. We're going to enjoy every single minute of it. But yeah, okay, yeah, there's definitely things we need to improve on. We can you know, temper our expectations a little bit. But yeah, there's just banking wins this early in the season. You know, when you're not playing perfect football for four quarters i i just think that's invaluable and, and to to go back to that now perfect segue while i've got it teams that have had a three and oh start i don't yes. exactly know when these stats are from i just saw it from an article but basically 49 out of 58 have made the top eight which is 84 percent, and then 34 from those 58 have made the top four at 54 percent. that just shows you how valuable those early starts are it's something we haven't had. It builds confidence. I just think it, it's super exciting. So was, I guess there was there anything else that you wanted to maybe add from that game before we go into the fan votes, anything else you wanted to touch on? I reckon we go into the votes. Let's do it. It's been a minute. It has been. So like always, we ask for your votes after the game and Jesus, there were so many. It's becoming a hard task now that we're getting so many listeners and so many people interacting. It's a it's a positive right. and a negative. I'm looking at it going, man, I'm, I'm so happy everyone's sending in their votes, but I'm. it takes a lot oh. of time, I'll be honest. I love well, it. Well, mate, I have to always send them in. Make my job as hard as possible, please. I obviously had to do it last week, taking the hosting duties <laughs> off your hands. I was like, Jesus Christ, how do you do this every week? It took me about 20 minutes going through all the tweets. It does, but we, we appreciate it as always because we like to keep your tally and see where that sits with us for the end of season. And so, look, one man was very stiff in the votes. He had 17 and missed out by one to, to get that one vote, um, and that was Jacob Weedering. So he misses out completely, absolutely snubbed by the fans. Coming in with the 18 votes to get the one is our skipper, Paddy Cripps, who thought was tremendous again. He's kicking yep. goals. He's doing everything he needs to in the midfield. Anything else you want to touch on on Paddy Cripps at all? I feel like a bad, <laughs> bad man, but I'm about to snub him. I'm about to snub him for a vote. Oh, it's happening again. I think our votes We're are already... identical. <laughs> <laughs> We're already. I'm now already too used to him being the Brownlow medalist that I'm yeah. like, oh, yeah, he probably wasn't in our best three. 
It's going to happen. It's like Walsh. You just start to go, okay, best on the ground without Paddy Cripps. He's, he's, not, he's exempt from the voting. Um, yeah. Yeah. Next man that the fans voted in with 30 votes at coming in with the two is Jack Silvani, who was we've touched on him already. Absolutely unbelievable. The man just keeps getting better and better, and there's no one else you'd rather see playing good footy. But with yep. the three votes, with 49 winning by 19 votes, which is just unbelievable, more votes than Cripper got, is, of course, I think our spiritual captain at this stage, Sam oh. Doherty. Have not even spoken really about him at all. I was almost saving him for the oh. votes at this stage. You can either talk about him now or, or save your votes. Um, but yeah. Do you want to touch on him right now? Like, it's just unbelievable in so many areas. Like, God, he's just so important to our team, isn't he? Mm. Like, he's just such a general back there. Oh, it's, just, it's just unbelievable that he's returned to this, this level of footy. When, as we mm. spoke through the preseason, preparing for this season, we're like, we don't know. What Doc's going to do? Is he going to be playing? What level is he going to be at? Like, that's not important. He's focusing on him and mm. that's the right thing. And then to just start the season in this manner is just absolutely insane. Genuinely could be all Australian again this season. Yeah. Like, he's just, oh, it's so good to say. I'm just so happy for him. Oh, I was just about to say that. I think you, you said, oh, we'll get four all Australians. And I reckon we could get about seven. Like, what do you got? Harry, Peters, <laughs> Cripps, Doc, Sard, Charlie, Hewitt, well, Holshi, Chera. I mean, the whole team pretty much is the lids off. We're, we're, we've got everyone in there. But, like, he, for him to – I mean, we've touched on it so many times. But for him to just come back is one thing. He's literally in all-Australian form. Like, that's not my Nuffy hat on, which is on a lot of the time. This is him geez. coming in with unbelievable form. His last quarter, like his last 15, pretty much won us that game of football. Stopped everything. He was everywhere when he needed to be. Was clean. He's tackling with such, you know, anger, it seems. that Every single time, it's like he wants to kill the guy who has the footy. And that is so vital. He's a different piece to the team. He's different mm. to the Saad run and carry. He's different to a Zach Williams that does a bit of both. He's just class. Exactly. And, oh, my God, what a footballer. I, I could not happen to a better man, and I just hope he has the, the mm. best year, no injuries, everything, clean bill of health because the man deserves it more than I think anyone else in the world. I, I just love him yep. to death. I'm just so happy to, to see him out there doing it. But give me your votes. Ha, have you snubbed Doc? Does he get your three? Give me <laughs> your three, two, one. I'd love to hear it. Of course he gets my three, the Doc. <laughs> And then I have gone JSOS for two. Is that what yep. you did? I just want to. Oh, I'll, I'll show him on in a second. We'll see. Suspense. Uh, okay. Well, and then I've. Yeah, he, he wasn't in there, but I'm giving one vote to George. Never make a mistake, Hewitt. Because <laughs> fair enough. I just thought he was just so consistent throughout the whole game, and he's just so crucial in setting up our our forward movements. Yeah. And he's just that reliable guy. He's like. Mm. It's like how I've always reflected on Saad since we got him. It's like when, whenever yeah. he has a one-on-one, whenever he goes near the ball, he's not going to win it every single time, but mm-hmm. he's never going to lose it. Like his player's yeah. not going to run away from him. I just feel like that with Hewitt. If he's around the ball, it's something good's going to happen. So give him the one. Okay, so thank God we have not had the same votes. Finally, we can thank disagree God. on something. I can get the gloves on and fight for this one. <laughs> so I've given my three not to Doc. Uh, I gave it. I gave it to Silvani, and I think no. that is because watching the whole game, I, I think the doc stuff was a little bit 
quite later in the game, I thought he really came into it and dominated. Whereas yep. pretty much from the start, I was, you know, chatting to the people around me saying, man, Silvani's unbelievable. Like he is really keeping us in this game and doing all of those things right. So I think for just what his consistent performance throughout the game, I'd love to give my three to Jay Sauce. I just love the spirit of it. Love it. Doc, very stiff. Like, you could have given these votes to any of these guys. Doc gets my two. And then I've given my one to Jacob Weedering. And maybe that's that recency bias for that mark he took where, Jesus, they were away. And we got all we needed was Jacob Weedering to stand up, and he did it. But I thought he was pretty solid all day. Did have a couple of goals kicked on him. But I thought pretty much most of those contests, particularly late in that game, there was like four or five times that ball goes in and he gets a fist on it. He does the right thing, gets that ball out of there. If he does not get an All-Australian this year, I don't oh know God. what to do. I don't know who these All-Australian selectors are, but their houses need to be burned. I mean, I shouldn't be calling for violence, but Jesus, something needs to happen because how he's been snubbed for the last two, I've loved seeing these articles coming out being like, Jacob Weedering might be the best defender we have in the competition. And I love the oh. Prender boys being like, he's been the best the last two bloody years, you idiots. Like, what are you doing? I just, he's just unbelievable. But yeah, I think Hewitt and Cripper would probably be my five if we were doing the five. But yeah, three, two, one to those three. I didn't soak in which journal it was, but I saw one that was saying about, oh, maybe he's up there with the best number one picks in the last seven or eight years. What do you like? Obviously, <laughs> it's him or Walsh, really. Yeah. What are you talking like? Oh, just unbelievable, unbelievable. Oh, I it's hopeless. I don't know. I don't know how these boys get paid. Uh, but anyway, let's go on to some fan questions. I reckon you've been yeah. going through the Twitter, seeing what people have sent in. What do they got for us, Lockie? You may be surprised to hear this, but the listeners think pretty similar to us. So, Good David Madden asked about us missing Sarden Gov. Obviously, we think that we. You know, I think you'd yeah. agree that we we definitely missed them, but we were pleased with how the defence stood up mm. in their absence. Yeah. Um, Mark DT talking about TDK up forward, like he's starting to think we should go with one ruck and Jason yeah. unless Pitt is injured, and then TDK in the twos. You're reading my mind, Mark. Mm. Well, an interesting point on that, and it's maybe not something I love, but say, and this maybe goes to my team selection too. Mm. If you do bring in a McDonald's to play that lockdown. That, that other one, I think, and we haven't touched on him a lot, but Lewis Young, I thought, played really well. I wouldn't mind even him yep. being that, like, third intercept instead. Yes. But he's played some ruck for the Doggies. I think he's another option. It, it, it's, nice cool. that, it's nice that we maybe have a few other guys that can go in there and it, it isn't horrendous because, you know, if Pitt's rucking the whole game or it's TDK, having a JSOS that can go in there, a Harry that can do a little bit forward, Got Lewis mm. Young can do it in the back line. It's not super exciting. It's not sexy like those scoreboards apparently are at Marvel, but I think it's okay. It's it's not too bad. Yeah, that's a really interesting point. I hadn't thought about that with um with Lewis. And yeah, I, I'm not looking for him to be making way next mm. week either, yeah. even if, if everyone's healthy. So yeah, that's a very interesting angle. I like it. Um we've got one from Kathy here, uh, which is one that I'm sure you will have an opinion on. Um, are we going to see Ed this year? Mm. It seems like the last couple of life memberships have been like the kiss of death. Um, obviously, he's injured at the moment, yeah. but the the depth that we are rolling with right now is 
the best that we've had since we have been adults, I would say. Yes, so, 100%. Did, are we going to see Ed this year when he's healthy? What do you think? I mean, if I'm coach, probably not. Uh, I mean, we know my thoughts on Ed. I've said it multiple times. Love everything he's given to this football club, particularly what he does off the field. It's instrumental. Um, but he has his little deficiencies. And now that we've got a George Hewitt that did the defensive side of what he did, I think George Hewitt does it better and he's younger. Unfortunately, I just don't see that spot for him, which is not a bad thing. Like I honestly would just love him to captain the twos, develop the uh, the, the standards because we know he gives every single thing and he's, his football is still really good. And I think he can dominate the twos and really lift everyone around him, teach him about Carlton, teach them the, the ways of, of how they should be going about it to become an AFL footballer. And I don't necessarily see that as a bad thing. I don't see that as a demotion. And I think there's going to be injuries. There's going to be COVID things. And it wouldn't surprise me if he plays, you know, a handful of games this season. He's definitely earned it over his career. For sure. But if you're looking at him in that midfield, I'd probably rather a Paddy Dow get an opportunity or even a Liam Stocker at some stage if he gets a run through there. If you're looking at that half forward role, there's a few other players I'd I'd probably prefer. So I just think, unfortunately, mm. we've got this depth now where a player like him just doesn't maybe get in there unless there's quite a few injuries. But I, I don't see it as a kiss of death necessarily. Like I, I don't see this as being such a bad thing for him where, oh, he's so bad now. Like I, I don't mm. see it that way. I just see it as unfortunately there's opportunity for other players. And, I just, yeah, I love the idea of him really doing a selfless thing if he, if he can and just going – develop all the kids in this team and make them mm. superstars. And I think that that almost means more than him getting another five, 10 games of AFL footy. Like I would personally for me and his legacy, that would mean that would mean a bit more to me. Yeah, totally. Yeah. I completely agree with everything you said there. I mean, I kind of, some listeners might see this as blasphemy, but it's kind of like, I, I kind of see him and Plowman in a, in a similar situation mm. now where they've been such solid contributors over yeah. this rebuild time and Plowman is, is getting a go at the moment because, you know, that's where he's at in the depth chart and we've got those injuries and he can make that spot. But, you know, if we're going to be at our at full health and full strength this yeah. year, there probably just isn't a spot for those guys. Yeah, unfortunately. Um, we've got one more just to wrap up the, the fan questions portion. Anthony, lone wolf, lone wolf ant, um, definitely not his first question, which we love. Considering how grim we were after the Eagles game last mm. year, how good does 3-0 feel? Oh. And he reckons he could get used to this winning feeling, which is, I reckon, a nice way to wrap this up because it's it's hard. It's sometimes hard not to just look at all the negatives and places that we can improve, mm. and we just need to bloody enjoy the fact that from when we started mm. this freaking podcast two years ago and we're like, gee, where are we at in this rebuild when yeah. we're so desperate to play finals? And now it's, it's looking promising. Yeah, and... Uh... Okay, wins for God knows how long, from like since like 2012, really, have been so hard to come by. Like I personally, to give a bit of an anecdote, like uh, the amount of yeah. and, uh, every Carlton supporter listening will do the same thing. The amount of games of football that I've sat at where we just didn't kick a goal for a half of football, where we were getting beaten by 150. Yeah. I'm sitting there clapping the boys off for their efforts. Like I've seen some shocking football and we all have as Carlton supporters and wins have just been so hard to come by. We've had Bolton years where we're getting two and it, it's, it goes back to like that round one <laughs> thing where it's like, Fire it out. feels like we've won a final because God, we, we don't win games of football. We, we're not used to it where 
you know, like a Hawthorne Geelong that have had so many wins where you win a game of football and it's like, yeah, cool, job done. That's just another yeah. one. Like they just yeah. mean something to us. And I love that. Like, and I love how that we're getting the most fans to football games out of anyone else. We're clearly that giant of a football club. The fans are getting up and about. They're so loud at every single game. It's so beautiful to finally have this and to have the guys on the field playing good football and, and deserving that, you know, accolade, deserving that applause. It's beautiful. And and yeah, they're soaking up these wins for everything we've said early on in this in this podcast, this episode. It just means massive. It's massive for the ladder position. And, you know, you can now afford to, like, lose a couple of games here or there. And, and yeah, maybe we have these lapses where we're not playing four quarters of football and we do happen to lose one. But we're not under pressure. We're not a Port Adelaide that's lost them all or an Essendon, which is just so good. I have to mention that oh. on the podcast because that's the greatest thing. Well they haven't won a game. We've won them all. <clears throat> the pressure of that, we've been on that receiving end. It's like, oh, my God, now this game means so much more because we can't afford to lose this. Just having that pressure eased is so good for this football club and so good for these yeah. players. They've finally got that hopefully extra bit of confidence that, you know, they'll be walking that little bit taller. And maybe that's why we're getting these wins because they're going, we've done this before. We've won a close one. We're better than this mob. We're going to win the flag. I, I yeah. absolutely love it. Um, did you want to talk a bit about the Gold Coast game now as we, as we build up to, to next week? Let's do it. I just have to say, I, I jumped on Wikipedia to, I tried to find like when was like a two win year because I know like 2015 or 16 might have been one of those. And they've got like our eras and they've got 2002 oh, no. to the present period of struggle. That's what they've <laughs> named the past 20 years. Is that the Carlton Wikipedia so, page for that year? Is this how they've named it's, it? It's like, oh. it just feels good that we're about to change that. I have full faith. Mm. But yeah, Gold Coast. Yeah, I guess. Look, <clears throat> I don't think Gold Coast are as bad as maybe people believe really? they are. I think they're an oak. I don't think they're okay. I don't think they're an amazing football team. I don't think they're going to mm. make finals or anything like that. But much like Hawthorne going into you know last week, I would not be underestimating what Gold Coast can do because so I think mm. at times they've been very close to to winning a few games. Like I was at the Gold Coast-Melbourne game. And for yep. most of that game, they were really at Melbourne. And then Melbourne just went to that next gear and kicked away. But I think they're okay. Big thing yep. for me is if we stop, you know, that midfield of, mm. you know, Tuke Miller and Rao doing their thing, which we seem to have done most rounds so far, I think that's a win. Because you, you look at their forward line, it's Levi Casbolt and Mabby Ochoa. That's it. That that's not very exciting. And no, I say that now and watch them kick ten goals. I'm touching oh, no. all the wood in this room to make sure that doesn't Excellent happen. Six. But if we can really just you know minimize the effect that you know Casbolt has marking those footies because you don't know where the ball's going to go and maybe our child's athleticism, like there's there's not too many strings to their bow. They have been applying themselves and working hard, but I think yeah, if we play our best footy. We should hopefully smoke them. Like, how are you seeing mm. the, the <laughs> matchup a, against the Gold Coast? Yeah, well, I did my scouting with this weekend's game when they played the Giants. And, yeah, wow. I was uh, – yeah, obviously every game is different and you were at the game, Metricon. I was I was quite shocked at how yeah. poor Gold Coast were in this game against the Giants who also don't seem to be that strong of a side this year. Mm. Um, the Giants did a great job of shutting Miller down. Um, mm. 
with Ash and DeBoer kind of tag teaming off him yeah. throughout the game, which I think is an interesting thing that we may potentially explore. Um, but yeah, you mentioned the forward line. I like I have I have real faith that you know if it's a uh, Weedering McDonald and then Young as the intercept, like hopefully yeah. that's what we can roll with. That would be amazing. Um, yeah, I think you're right. The, the midfield is going to be the, the big challenge for us. So, yeah, it's going to be good. Mm-hmm. But the, I guess this is the most confident I've felt of any week yeah. this season, which feels nice. But you're right. We can't underestimate any teams. And it also, it's these guys where it's like, well, mm. if we're going to drop one, it's going to be in a silly time like this, I guess. Yeah, I hope not because it's weird. Like Gold Coast seemed that team that it's always like, man, we should beat them. Like we always should beat them. And then we haven't really... Um, done a lot of that in the recent years. Oddly enough, we seem to beat them over there and then they beat us in Melbourne, it seems mm. like, or maybe my memory's not correct with that. But yeah, mm. I think this is another one where we've ticked the boxes. We've got, we had like the free hit at the doggies. We beat them. We, we beat Hawthorne, not convincingly, but we did it. This is another one of those, you're finally coming up against teams that you should be beating. We need to show that the improvement of this football club and it's not just a win for me anymore. Like this needs to be five goals minimum. Yeah. We need to go out there and finally destroy a team. We should have done it against Hawthorne. <clears throat> we had that seven goals and they were out of the game. We let them back in and then we struggled a little bit. This needs to be kicking yeah. away foot on the throat for one time because that's where the maturity is. And that's going to be the big growth for me when I really go, man, this Carlton team's got it when we start to finally do that to these kind of teams, because I don't yeah. think over the last few years, we've really done that against the, the teams that we should be beating. Precisely. That was the, as, as we left the MCG, that was kind of the big, the frustration for me. It's like what an opportunity yeah. that was to put our foot down. And even if like, yeah, even if we just matched them over the second, over the yeah. last three quarters, it would have been that big win. There's just mm. been not been enough times in recent memory where we've been able to do that to a team. Um, and you're right. This is this is mm. a good chance for that. And if we're looking at, you know, the, the finals, if we're getting ahead of ourselves, yep. percentage, we've got the worst percentage in the top eight. And, yeah, I don't think we've maybe played the opposition to get that lead, maybe except for last week. So we, we need to start mm. to – it's going to sound stupid, but it does make sense where, like, we've got to start winning bigger – because you see how many times, you know, we're not going to be perfect for this season. We're going to lose games of football. Yeah. You saw how tight it was last year. You know, teams are missing out on percentage. Teams are missing out by one game. You've got to take your chances when it comes. And, and these are the games I just think that we really have to be starting to five, six goals. Let's get it going. Let's have it comfortable. Let's be done at three-quarter time. I don't want to Imagine have that. to have a big last quarter. I have to shit myself thinking, Jesus, the other team are coming. <laughs> Let's get it done. And so let's talk about the inclusions to pretty much wrap this one up. If you're the coach, if you're in charge, who comes in, who comes out? I feel like there's going to be some fence sitting here. Um, Definitely. That's unlike you. (laughs) Yeah, I know. I like to give definitive answers for things like this. But, um, yeah, obviously Saad is is the first one in as long as he's feeling healthy. Um, And I think it it makes sense for Boyd to make way for him as he was the late inclusion um, yep, I yeah, don't want to take anything away from Boyd because I, I will just I got to put my hand up and say that I, I when there was talk about him playing round one I was quite worried um, because I didn't yeah. rate him super highly from the preseason um, and I still thought he did some you know not 
fantastic things in this game, but just had to remind myself it's this man's first game at this level. Mm. Had the 10 touches or whatever, did some nice things. Good for him, and I hope we see him again this year. But I think Saad will make uh, – he'll make way for Saad. Gets interesting then. I guess yeah. if it's very different story if Pitt plays or not. So I'm gonna we're gonna tag team this, and I'm gonna kick it over to you. Okay. <laughs> so yeah, look, I think I agree with you on the first one. Saad comes straight in for Boyd. Boyd had that game where look, fine debut. Did some as you kind of mentioned. Did some good things. Did some bad things. But that's kind yeah. of what you expect. Like it seems like when he's in the VFL, he's so clean with the ball. Beautiful decision making. But obviously, it's just such a big leap in pressure, and uh, thought he was absolutely fine. Like I'm not, I have no issue if that happens again and we lose another halfback and it's Boyd in. I'm I don't think it's that great. big of a downgrade that we've had in previous years. So it's good for the depth. Yeah, next one. Look, I'm if McDonald's fit, plowing straight out for me. Um, great. I like the idea of going the three tools and that interceptor because that seems like that was the idea of the defensive setup and it, it was felt strange to me that we didn't do that. Like I understand that Hawthorne maybe don't have the best tools, but for me, I kind of want to go, this is the system we play plug in the next person. Don't just change it because maybe the next guy in who was maybe a parks or whoever comes in, isn't up to scratch mm-hmm. of the standard you want. I kind of want to go. We need an intercept marker. Next intercept marker comes into the team. So that's kind of where I'm sitting. And I like the idea of McDonald to play that lockdown, young maybe to float. So he took a couple of nice grabs and, and maybe they can rotate it. I don't know. Maybe Weedering at times can come off and plays that intercept because, again, Four. maybe we don't rate their forwards too highly and we think they can do a job. But I was, I was pretty impressed with Lewis Young. I don't think he put a Me foot too. wrong the whole day. He was very strong. And I'd love to get your thoughts on this. If it, was, if it came down to McDonald and Young at this stage, are you dropping Young for McDonald? Like, where do you sit on this if you're just it's going to one? It's been a seesaw for me because when we did our best 22s prior to the season, I did say that I preferred Young. Um, I think with how it is, with the situation right now, yeah. with McDonald missing a week sore, with Young playing such a good game, I would be keeping Young in. Mm. Um, I definitely don't think that's, uh, that would be worthy of dropping him for this game. No. Um, I don't think McDonald is enough of a lock, like a sard, mm. where he just pulls yeah. him back in. Like, say it was Weedering that missed, then then it's, it's a yeah. different story. But, yeah, and you're right. Gee, that gives us some nice options. I could imagine mm. Weeders playing, him having the opportunity to play that in separate role. Mm. Oh, that... that that's a yeah. pre-vote performance way to happen. <laughs> 100%. But, yeah, I like it. Like, I'm pretty much the same, which I hate. I hate that we're not disagreeing on this because yeah. um, I'd like some more spice on this podcast. But having a we'll Lewis Young, having that, that younger guy in there, it, it makes sense for me to reward how he played and make it harder for the next guy to come in. It's like it sucks, it's injury. But if you're not that top caliber, like first five, ten guys mm. named – you've got to wait for your opportunity now. And that, and that's how I like this depth to go, like really work it in the twos. Um, are you well, making any say, other changes? Yeah, well, let's go. <laughs> I, if, you've got, if you've got any other changes, I'm, I'm like looking into the future right now and I might just play that back to you. Do you have any other changes? Um, I do. Um, I, have, you- I've, I've, I've had some discussions. So I think, okay. okay, if Pitt doesn't get up, Martin is straight in for me. I'm not necessarily making that change. I'm still going to go the two rucks at this stage. Maybe that's fence sitting from what I said earlier. 
I'd love okay. Martin in there. I'm just not too sure how he gets in. And it's maybe just keep that side going until there's someone that really deserves either a chance to come in. Because, you know, it wasn't as if Martin played the twos, you know, kicked four goals, had 20 touches, yeah. and you're going, cool, Jack Martin straight in. Uh, again, kind of why I said to, with McDonald, I like the idea of these guys having to really earn it in the twos to come back in. Um would that be the change if Pitt isn't up for you? Um, or do you have any other ones you, you want to kick out of the team? Yeah, no, I'm, I'm with you. I, I, I've i seen so many people saying things like Martin in for Fisher, things like that. Mm. I, I'm now, oh, I feel like people are getting the wrong idea maybe of what Martin is right now because we still like him. But I thought in terms of round one, he, he kicked the awesome goal. Great handball to Fisher. I really didn't think mm. he did very much apart from that. Yeah. And he would have been one of my lowest like ones to make way if mm. he did not go out of that game. So for me, yeah, I agree. If 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 we have to bring Pitto out, then I, yeah. I think he's probably the next one in. But I would be I, I would it would be unbelievable to me if they mm. were like an Owies or Fisher, which people are calling for, mm. is just crazy, crazy to me. I I, I have them Definitely above him in the pecking order. Yeah. Maybe after like a loss or something, different story, but after a win, consistency. Mm. Yeah. He, need, he yeah. needs to earn it. And maybe, maybe he won't be the sub and maybe he'll get a full game in the twos mm. or whatever. But maybe you want that revenge game. The Gold Coast, maybe, mm. you know, maybe there's an no. angle there. Anyway, there's a fence hit for you. Well, I'll tell you what, if Martin took Mark of the Year in that forward pocket at the death, he's getting in that team because oh, if he took that grab. That was the game there. It was so sad that he couldn't <laughs> do it. Um, yeah, look, my other one, this isn't me saying this is 100% what I do, but it's a discussion I kind of wanted to bring to it, um, yeah. is maybe on a Matty Owies, actually. I didn't really love his last sort of couple of games. I don't think he's – he hasn't been bad. But I don't think yeah. he's stood out. Um, and yeah, I don't think Durden is droppable at all. I love everything he's bringing to the contest. He's kicking goals. He's stealing balls when he shouldn't be getting even near them. He, he brings so much. And so I guess when we're talking about guys knocking down the door in the twos, mm. <laughs> Motlop again, what, he kicked four goals. Yeah. He's got 19 disposals. I think he did similar the week before. He's probably the next one that would come into that small forward role. Do you think that he's close to knocking down the door and having to get a game? And would you think that always is the one that would potentially make way, whether it's this week or maybe in a couple, if, if you know, mm. he just keeps kicking four a game? Mm. Yeah, no, you make a, a great point. It's their players like Motlop and Dow are doing everything mm. they can and we'll, it's what we want to see from them to make, to get into the team. I definitely think we will see Motlop sooner yeah. rather than later. Um, I, I certainly wouldn't be making that change after three mm. wins. And it just feels like, I agree, o- always hasn't necessarily set the world on fire, but I, I like what him and Durden are bringing mm. as that combo. And I think his yeah. ball use has been good when he's been doing it and bobbed up for a couple of goals. But mm. yeah, I mean, there's Fogarty as well. I mean, clearly mm. he's been given more up. I'm not saying that I have him over Motlop, yeah, yeah, but yeah. The, cl- the club have given him more opportunity than Motlop so far this year. Um, but I think at the end of the day, I think you're right. I think we will see Motlop uh, at least before the buys. Yes, um, I think so. But and it, I, I think it would be 
a pretty bold statement if they were to bring him in and drop Owies this week after yeah. yeah three wins and kind of Owies oh, really not doing anything wrong. But mm. yeah, it's a, it's a good point. And then Dow is the mm. other one. I mean, people are saying, oh, what more can he do? Like, it's, it's a funny thing when people say that. Like, what more can you do? He's knocking out the door. It's like that's where we are as a team right now. Yeah, you're gonna have, you're gonna have to bang that door down for a while to get into that midfield. But do you think we'll see him soon? Oh, man, that's a hard one. Um, oh. Like, yeah, it's like 30 disposals is great. And when he kicks two goals, I think he might have kicked a couple the week before. Like, I get like, yeah, what more can he do? Maybe I think he has to – does he have to get 40 disposals a game? Like, I'm not 45? even trying to be stupid here, but who is coming out of that midfield? Because Dow is not a winger. Like, I'm not no. entertaining that. He's not playing on a half forward. He is a burst from the stoppage midfielder. And you've got Cripper's not getting dropped. Hewitt's not getting dropped. You, you can't drop Kennedy the way he's been playing. I think he's become or so vital, Kennedy. doing everything. The ones are Chera and Walsh. And, gee, you'd have to have some balls to be dropping either of those for Paddy Dow. Like, no offense to, to Paddy Dow. I think he's putting in a beautiful you know string of games. And this is what he needs to do. He needs to be kicking goals. He needs to be winning the, the contested ball, being the best player in the twos, I do want to see him do it for like a full month, not just a couple of games. But even then, I'm probably not having him over anyone else, which is just, it's it's amazing that our team is like that now, where a guy that we were happy to, you know, gift him a little bit of a, a chance, even if he was his VFL form wasn't amazing, to now yeah. it's like, man, your VFL form's amazing, but we can't get you in. And but I, th- I think he'll get his chance at some stage. I think you've seen already the COVID protocols. Anyone can get into that at any stage. Injuries Very will true. happen. You'll get a chance at some point in this season. But yeah, uh, unless you know, Cher- God forbid, Chera has you know the worst stretch of football you've ever seen him play for the next mm. month. I just don't see where he comes in, which is stiff. Yeah, no, I agree. Or, or what we discussed earlier, where it's like, all right. Maybe they give Lob a rest and Ches gets yeah. a full a full game on the wing, mm. and it's like, okay, well yeah. now there's that there's that opportunity. Mm. But yeah, God, it's a good it's a yeah, mm. they're on the top of the ladder, the bloody VFL Blues. <laughs> no well, I mean that us. was that was a discussion I kind of wanted to have at some stage, and we'll probably park it for this episode. I'll just touch on it lightly because it's or we've, yeah. we're back one week. We haven't chatted in God knows how long, and we've already gone for like a, a <laughs> minute, no, an hour and a half. Um, <laughs> But a big a big point that I was listening to the Prendercasts early in the season and they were talking about how an issue has always been that our reserves have never been good and that is that an issue going forward? And it, it really got me thinking about that's an issue for our development, that we have not been able to get the best out of all the players coming through because mm. the VFL hasn't been good. And, and I think that now that we're getting players like Will Hayes, Ned Cahill, we're trying to get better players into that team to allow the rest of the guys to flourish. If we can be playing good in the AFL, being top top eight at least in the in the VFL, that's just going to be so much better. We're seeing better players step up and it's just going to give them a better platform. If they're playing good, it's pushing the ones and the ones are playing good because of that. And like there's other players we haven't even touched on. Like mm. Stocker comes back. I think he has yeah. he have here 18 disposals. You got Kemp with 18 disposals. They're guys that have been spoken about getting an opportunity. And look, it's not one that I, I love that I would necessarily bring in, but 
you know, Jack Nunes has 31 disposals. Cottrell has 27. We've been talking about like wing issues. Not saying I would drop, you know, the guys we have for those two. But mm. if they're doing that every single week in the twos and, you know, maybe O'Brien has a bad game, there's opportunity for some of these guys to come in. And I mean, yeah, who knows? Yeah. At least finally there's pressure for spots which is exciting and even like a fisher that we kind of touched on mm. hasn't had for me the best few games i think he's someone that's kind of on notice that if he doesn't keep pushing you got jack martin you got motlop you got some other guys that can potentially come in but it's going to be so interesting and i just love that it's no longer oh we've got to bring in x because we just we've got no one else it's man mm. there's people finally playing some good footy there's no one to drop. It's great. I love it. Finally, his it's team's awesome. playing good. It's about yeah. time. We're due. We are due. <laughs> a little bit. Was there anything else you wanted to touch on before we end this? Because we have been chatting for for so long. <laughs> I'm just stoked, mate. It's just such a nice. It's just such a nice feeling at this point of the season. Normally, we're, you know, I win two, I win three. It's like, all right, it's just yeah. another one of those years. There's lots of areas to improve. And we've still got those areas to improve, but we've got the runs on the board. Feels good. Mm. 100%. I think you've, you've summed it up perfectly. So all I'll say is all the plugs that we love to do at the end. You know, follow us on all the social medias at Navy Blue Corner. You know, get on Twitter if you're not already because we, we tend to interact probably on the, the most there, particularly on game day. We get your questions in. That's where they are to be answered on here. Get your votes in. Try and interact as much as possible because we want to make you – a part of this podcast, it's not just us two, it's you guys we want in the discussion. Uh, if you're listening to this on Spotify, drop a star rating, please give us the five. It, it, it does well for us and we'd love the feedback. And then if you're on Apple Podcasts, you can drop a review. Let us know. We want to start reading some out. So give us a lovely little, Big time. Know, write me a poem. I don't care what you do. Write me something. I'll read it out on here. I'll be true to my word. And then if you're not, watching it on on youtube we do this in video form every week um so head over there if you want to see our ugly mugs and and see us in the flesh and if you're watching on youtube comment below your changes for this week again and anything you you wanted to say about this week and i'll be in the comments i'll be scouring them when i get a chance and responding to you guys like and subscribe it helps us helps grow what we do here, but that is enough of my plugs. I It annoys me to do it. I always feel weird, but it's something we have to do to keep growing this <laughs> podcast and keep chatting to you guys. So thanks for your support. Thanks for sticking around. Blue Baggers are going to be 4-0 next week when we smash the Gold Coast Suns. Up the baggers. See you guys next time.